0: a podcast called why will No One date these guys as podcast discussing love dating sex and relationships today we are going to go back to jelly belly sparkling water because we were just so obsessed with the watermelon today we're drinking jelly belly orange i really hope this is someone's
1: first episode and they're like why are they reviewing jelly belly water and they talk about sex and relationships
0: okay but loki the last one was really good so i want to try this one it smells like smells pretty good like orange sherbet
1: I like it. It's inoffensive. It lingers on the palate. This is the essence can of Jelly Belly. Can you please make
0: orange sherbet? Joel actually makes ice cream, so I want him to make orange sherbet.
1: I can do that for you, Naomi. That'd be a good summertime treat.
0: Do you know what? I actually don't like ice cream. I really enjoy rainbow sherbet, though.
1: That's messed up, man. Sorry. I, I'm deeply traumatized from you saying that. I'm sorry. Speaking of being deeply traumatized, let's get back to Steve Harvey, Naomi. Ugh. So... Yeah. On our last episode, we began discussing Steve Harvey's New York Times bestseller, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. We didn't really discuss the title last time because I think the content was offensive enough. Naomi, do you have any thoughts on the title?
0: Um, I think that it's deeply sexist.
1: Oh, okay. Because it's
0: just saying, like, every... Okay, I hear a lot of, like, divine feminine, divine masculine talk um, recently on social media. And um, a lot of men are intimidated when a woman has masculine energy to her. And I I haven't done much research into this. And I will come back to this point at a later point. But the thing is that if a woman, it has masculine energy to her, she is less likely. And I'm not saying this is always true. um, A man, a stereotypical man and putting this in very general terms, is less likely to want her the more masculine energy she has. So if a woman has... If a woman is thinking like a man, no man wants her. General terms.
1: The ideal woman is that clay sculpture that sits in the Vatican. Is it called like... The, the elemental Venus or something, you know what I'm talking about? This
0: reminds me of a show that I was watching last night while working with these kids, and they were obsessed with the show. It's like, is it cake or something? And this woman makes like...
1: The Venus of Willendorf. Yeah, that is the ideal woman. Look that up, people. It's 11.1 centimeter tall Venus figurine, estimated made 25,000 to 30,000 years ago. It was found in 1908. It's carved from limestone. It is a very sexually exaggerated image Um, there's an interesting interpretation I've heard, which is, it's not supposed to be like a fertility idol. Instead, it's like a a woman who didn't have access to a mirror, like feeling her body and being like, these are the proportions of my body. If you're looking down, um, Basically, the idea is it's a self-image carved by a woman who like is looking down at her body, having not been able to see it in the mirror. I'm picking but up other what people you're are like, down. it's a fertility idol because there's big boobs and a hip, so clearly this must have been for like male consumption. Um, yeah, even the Wikipedia article talks about it. Katherine McNoid and Leroy McDermott hypothesized that figurines may have been created as self-portraits from women. Uh, yeah, they speculate the complete lack of facial features to be accounted for by the fact that sculptors did not own mirrors. Um, anyway, let's talk about Steve Harvey a little let's bit. Let's do it. We're going to start with one of the more interesting excerpts from the book, which... Given the content of the book is kind of wild. And again, keep in mind, we're critiquing this because all the advice Steve Harvey gives is horrendous. But also, the way Steve Harvey thinks women think is fascinating. And I feel that's worth probing into. So here are the three things every man needs, Naomi. Support, loyalty, and the cookie. Women are complicated creatures. You need stuff. Lots of it. And you expect your man to provide it, even if you haven't explained it is what you want and what you need, or even if what you need and want in five minutes goes wholly different from what you need and want now. Women, you suck. In fact, I've said over and over again, jokingly, the only way a woman can truly be truly satisfied is to get herself four different men. An old one, an ugly one, a man dingo, and a gay guy.
0: What is a man dingo?
1: So... I'm going to use this term, and it is, I believe, an offensive term for black people. Okay. I'm using this because these are Steve Harvey's words, and it was written in 2009, so clearly it isn't too dated, I hope. Um, but basically, it is a term to describe large, buff, sexually aggressive black men with big penises, and it was used as like a frightening stereotype of black men in like the 19th century to be like, white women, don't go outside. The black men will like sexually assault you. The evil man dingoes.
0: I think that the correct, politically correct term that you're looking for is BBC now.
1: Uh, well, it's a whole package. It's not just the penis. It's the whole like body and attitude.
0: Yeah, well, a man is only as big as his penis.
1: That's a really good point, Naomi. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Now, the four of them combined, they've got you covered, Naomi. The old man, he'll sit around the house with you, spin his and check on you, hug you, hold you, give you comfort, and won't expect any sex from you because, well, he can't get it up no way. From him, you get financial security. The ugly one, he'll go above and beyond the call of duty to help you out. He'll take the kids to their lessons after school, Naomi, run you down the grocery store, wash the car on the weekends, babysit the cat, whatever you need. He'll provide it because he's just happy someone as beautiful as you is paying him any kind of attention. From him, you get me time. He frees you up to do all the things you need time to do. And then Naomi... There's the Mandingo man. You need that big ol' Mandingo man. You know what you're gonna get from him. He's big, he's not that smart, can't hold a good conversation, got muscles popping out from his eyebrows to his pinky toe, and when you see him, you know he's gonna put your back out. That's all you want from him, and he makes sure he gives it to you real good. Mind-blowing sex. That's what you get from Mandingo. And then you need a gay guy, someone you can go shopping with that doesn't want anything from you but gossip and details about what the old man bought you, what errands you sent the ugly guy to take care of, and exactly how man dingo had you doing monkey flips for a week. This is very racialized all of a sudden. Yep. See, the gay guy gives you all the conversation you need. Parentheses. Smile. Four guys supplying each of your needs should bring you happiness. I say should, because for women, happiness isn't guaranteed even once their needs have been met. We fully recognize you maintain the right to change at any time the perimeters, conditions, and specifics of what exactly will make you happy, and we'll try to adjust accordingly and usually can't. So, Naomi, this is how he starts the expectations of men, and he establishes from the start that women are very demanding and high maintenance, which we all know is true. I mean, women be shopping. Women, be shopping. So is
0: he advising that his wife, who he's currently married to, should, in fact, have four men in her life?
1: No. He's saying that women's expectations are so high, they would need four men to actually achieve those expectations.
0: So he's saying that his wife currently is very unhappy and her expectations are not being met.
1: That's an interesting point. I haven't considered that. The
0: second thing is... um, as a woman, and I've heard this advice from many women, um, there's this sort of like um, learned helplessness that we talked about in episode one that men have. And it gets to the point where um, if you are not directly communicating to your partner what exactly you need, I'm talking about in a heterosexual relationship, this can, this can be any relationship. If you're not telling your partner what you need specifically, oh, to feel more loved, My let, let's just say your love language is um, gift giving. To feel more loved, uh, loved, I need flowers every week. If you're not telling them that specifically and you're getting angry at them for like not providing flowers every week, but you're not communicating that you need flowers every week, you need to communicate.
1: But to your point, like I'd say, that whole aspect of learned helplessness is like, He's saying women have such high demands, but their demands are like, hey, like I don't want to be homeless. Hey, can you take care of the kids sometimes? Hey, can you come shopping with me and talk about things with me that I wanna talk about, not football or Star Wars or whatever. And I'm not, saying I'm women not even touching on anymore.
0: that point. I'm okay. just touching on the first part, which is men have high women have high standards and men can never properly do everything and and properly satisfy their woman.
1: According to Steve Harvey.
0: According to Steve Harvey.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about men because men by contrast according to him are very simple creatures. It doesn't take much to make them happy. In fact, Naomi, there's only three things every man needs. Support, love and quotation marks, the cookie. Ew. Three things, that's it. And I'm here to tell you that yes, it's that simple. In fact, I'd argue it's easy for a woman to give her man support, love, and sex because it's in her makeup. Support and love are things that women dole out innately and freely. Oh, bless you women, you nurturing sexual souls. Need one, your support. We have to feel like someone's got our back, like we're a king, even if we're not. You have to understand that when we walk out the door, the entire world is standing at the ready to beat us down. Black... White, yellow, striped Every man leaves the house ready to battle He might have a job where three people can walk by his desk And give him a pink slip at any given moment Changes life in a flash of an eye
0: What is striped What is the striped race?
1: You know, striped striped people um, I don't want to say them out loud But we all know who he's talking about <laughs> Fuck off Yeah <laughs> Um, The man in the position beneath your mans just might be searching for a way to undermine him so we can get bigger pay. He doesn't give a damn about whether what he says and does can put your man's job in jeopardy. Your man could be driving down the street, minding his own business, and get pulled over, and something could happen he has no control over, or someone might try to come and take what he's got. A man is constantly on the lookout, Naomi, sizing up the next man, standing at the ready to defend his and all of his gains. Parentheses, that would include you. So when we walk back into our house, we want to be able to let our guard down. All we really want is to hear you say, baby, how was your day? Thank you for making it happen for us. This family needs you and wants you and is happy to have you. We've got to feel like we're king even if we don't act kingly. Trust me, the more you make us feel like we're special, the more we'll give in return. We'll just try harder, plain and simple.
0: Okay, he, ha- he was making no sense until he said to, like, give your your partner... Um, some words of affirmation.
1: Yeah. Uh, And you should do that regardless of your partner's sex or role in the relationship.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I I also find interesting. He's like, we've got to feel like we're king even if we don't act kingly. Is he saying that like, it's okay if dads like sometimes like shout and scream and smack their kids around, but like, they got to be respected as though they're the king.
0: No, I think he's saying that even if the woman is providing everything, childcare, meals, um Mm, a place to live a car drives you everywhere um and you have no job and are not taking care of your own children the woman still has to be submissive to you
1: yeah and he goes on he's like you know you need to say baby i can't tell you how much i appreciate what you do for me and the kids even if you're doing something as simple as throwing meat on the grill or folding up a load of laundry so every single time a man does something around the house he should be thanked every single every single time get
0: out of this just out of curiosity
1: Um, the woman gets to say you so big and strong and you're everything I need. She, she does say they, they'll get to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, it's one we're probably going to return to at different points because he's talking all about how women need to find men in order to like make their lives more complete. But in many cases it's like, Oh, if you have a income, uh, you should probably stay single and not stoop to these levels. (laughs) Um, I also find it interesting how, like, he's describing men as constantly on the lookout. And I thought there was maybe going to be a conversation about how, like, hey, as a black man, I've been in situations where, like, I'm terrified for my life, you know, when I'm driving down the street and see police officers. But no, it's like every single job someone wants to murder you and take over your throne. Do you and also
0: understand that women also go down the street? and?
1: No, it's only men. Men, oh, okay. it's a jungle women, out there
0: women men. don't leave the house I, I feel like
1: steve harvey does a bad job at every job he's ever been in if he's constantly thinking he's going to be fired i'm just saying if that's his mindset about how other people think that might be a problem well
0: he was fired for miss america
1: that's an interesting point naomi need number two naomi is men need your loyalty Please understand our love is wholly different from women's love. A woman's love is emotional, nurturing, heartfelt, sweet and kind and all-encompassing. You can slice a knife through it, it's so thick. When she's in love with you, she's loyal to you. She can't see herself be with someone else because for her, no one else will do. That's a woman's love. But for men, love is loyalty. We want you to show your love to us by being loyal. That means no matter what, you're going to stand beside us. We get laid off. We know you're going to stay, even if we're not drawing a paycheck. You get around to your girlfriends. You're going to say, with great enthusiasm, that's my man, and I'm loyal to him. I mentioned this in part one, and I want to reiterate it. Loyalty can be a bad thing. Like, say if... Unconditional
0: loyalty you're talking
1: about? Yeah, Yeah. your man gets accused of sexual assault. Yep. um, Maybe you should, like, weigh the evidence (laughs) and consider whether or not this is something he might be capable of rather than being like, no, 100% couldn't happen. Um, Maybe maintain a degree of skepticism. Um,
0: My man would never do that.
1: Yeah. um, But also I think it's interesting how he's describing men as being like, wholly unable to do this thing that women can do and not questioning how it is that women learned how to do this like maybe he just assumes that women like are born they pop out of the womb and they automatically know how to express this love that's so thick you can slice a knife through it but again this is like one of those things where it's like hey is there a way for men to also express affection in that way Men, is there a book you can read about, like, what women want out of relationships? Is there, like, a guide to nice things you can no, say about your partner? No, because this
0: book is an all-encompassing dating and relationships That's true. and gender role book.
1: Yeah, because you had to forget everything you learned up until this exactly. point. So you're relearning yeah. from the ground up. Never mind. Okay. And Naomi, need number three is the simplest, perhaps the most straightforward, no-brainer. Men need sex. I'm sorry. The cookie sex we love it naomi ain't nothing on this planet like it nothing else we want that bad on a continuous basis nothing else we simply cannot live without take our house take our job the 69 impala our last pair of gators but please he spelled that out don't hold out on the cookie we don't care about anything else we need the cookie um i honestly think steve harvey's a little immature. Like, he can't have, like, a genuine discussion about sex and what that entails. Or he knows his audience is, like, so prudish that, like, they couldn't accept him openly talking about sex.
0: But he also isn't talking about um, asexual relationships.
1: They don't exist, Naomi. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we need to be physically engaged with women we love. The woman who is loyal to us and supports us. And the way we do that is by making love.
0: You know there's other ways.
1: No. No. The, the emotional stuff, the talking, involved, the cuddling, the holding hands, the bonding, that's y'all's thing. That's women's thing, Naomi. We do these things because we know it's important to you. But please understand, the way we men connect is by having sex, period. It's how we plug in, recharge, and reconnect, just like my niece Leaf. Yeah. Plug in. Uh-huh. Ew. I don't know of a man who doesn't need this. Ask any guy if sex is important in a relationship, and the one who says no is lying. I haven't met that guy yet. When you meet him, let's get him in the Smithsonian. He's that special and rare. But the rest of us men, we need sex like we need air. You got about a good month at best without it, and then he's going to get it from somewhere else. Parentheses, unless you're carrying his child. Uh, I'm telling you. Not true. I'm telling you. Gangs are built on support and loyalty. Dudes go out and form gangs built on those two things right there. The only thing missing is sex, and that's where the girl gang members come in. It's the same thing with motorcycle clubs, the country club, the elks, the masons, frats. The whole of a man's world is built on those three principles. Naomi, is that what men do at Masonic Lodges? I'm too afraid to ask now.
0: What are the elks?
1: Another sort of, like, secret organization, uh, similar to the Masons. Country clubs? You go to the country club in your polo shirt and your khakis. You no, play around at so golf and it's sex.
0: Fun, th- fun fact. I worked at a country club recently, and um, the, it was just, like, super, super, super rich people that were there. I think the, like, tuition – not the tuition. What do you call it? Membership fee every year was, like, $60,000 wow. per person in your family. Yeah. yeah. Um, so – yeah, I can in fact say that. You do go out, you put on your polo sh- shirt, you go play a of tennis, you go or, or go play a round of golf, and then you go um, eat a meal and have sex. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why the country clubs are so big. That's it's not called, the golf courses. That's
1: why they're called ball girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi, he will work with you if you have an off week. If he loves you, that is. If he didn't care, he wouldn't bother to try to get your cookie. He'd just go on and get it from somewhere else. But if he's into you and you're cutting back, rationing it out, you're not doing what you did when you all first started dating. He's going to line up someone who will. Please believe me when I tell you this. He'll tell you everyone, this is my girl right here. But meanwhile, he'll have another woman lined up and waiting to give him what he needs and wants. The cookie. Um, is it weird that in part one, he's like, hey, to prove that a man truly cares about you, recognize that he's going to profess that you're you're his woman. But then in this section, he's like, even if he professes that you're his woman, he's still going to go out and have sex with other people if you're not having sex with him."
0: Sorry, I'm still stuck on the non-consensual part of this entire conversation, which is even if you don't want to have sex, you have to have sex in order to keep your man.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, No, no, no. Don't get it wrong, Naomi. We're not animals. We know things change. The baby comes and the doctor says we have to wait six weeks or the monthly is on the way. Your hormones are acting up. You're monthly uh, and you're not in the mood. But the excuses can't go on forever. You can play your man short if you want to. No matter how much a man loves his wife, his wife, his family, his house, his roles, the man of the house, the one who's bringing all the money into family account, maybe even putting a little extra in yours. If you mess around, start shelling out the cookie and crumbs, it's going to be a problem. Speaking of non-consent, Naomi, Steve Harvey talks about how he's constantly busy, and I believe him. He runs a lot of shit. He does, you know, his, his his podcast slash radio show. He hosts a number of different shows. He's constantly doing, like, charity work and promotions and speeches. I believe him when he's busy. And he says the truth is, if I can't go home and relieve my stress, there's a problem. If I've talked to the Lord and tried to get you motivated to give you some of the cookie and you're still coming up with reasons why you can't be intimate with me, something's going to change. You might have been up all night for a week with a sick child, gotten up early to get the other onto the school bus where you hit the road for that rush hour commute to work, gone to battle with your co-workers and boss for eight hours with nothing but the 15-minute break to swallow an inadequate, unsatisfying lunch, and then hit the rush hour traffic back home to start your second job, the feeding of and care of your kids. There's dinner to be cooked and homework to be checked and laundry to be done. The list goes on. By the time the man checks in with you, the last thing on your mind is given a positive response, but a friend of mine calls the shoulder tap. You know what I'm talking about, she said. It's when you finally drop into bed exhausted and you're halfway through your favorite show, you watch when you just want to zone out and here he comes tapping you on your shoulder asking for sex it's just annoying but that same friend of mine didn't know though was that her husband was tired of the shoulder tap too in his mind he'd also worked all day just as hard as her and though he may not have done the exact thing she'd done during the course of the evening at home he too put in work around the house and like her he needed to wind down from his day she liked watching television he liked to have sex but she was always too tired to have sex he was tired of not having sex so while she unwound her favorite shows he went unwound out of the house with another woman
0: call me crazy but maybe if you help your wife in daily activities she'll be more inclined to want to have sex with you now i'm not saying that if you do daily chores like do the laundry or take care of your kids, which you're supposed to do because you're a homeowner or you are sharing house with other people and that's kind of expected when you are cohabitating. Um, But I am saying that, Maybe your wife will be, or your partner will be less tired. Because you mean if they have more
1: energy, they might be more interested. If they see you as an equal contributor to the relationship, they might find you attractive and
0: that, yeah. and the fact that they aren't thinking, "Oh, I'm mothering this person, and I'm not attracted to this person anymore because I feel more like a mother than a partner to them."
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes men is just gonna want to have you, no frills, without being forced, like he's being added as another chore to your list of things to do. Every man needs that from his woman. Every last one of us. So, yeah, to your point, women are expected to have sex with men um, even if they don't want to have sex because their man is not contributing to the needs of the household. Um, Thanks, Steve Harvey. I'm learning so much from you.
0: This brings up so much PTSD, it's not even funny. Like, trauma from past relationships where it's like the person is expecting you to be their mother but also their partner and they expect you to be sexually attracted to them even though you feel more like a mother than Mm -hmm. a partner. And then... All these other feelings of, like, they're comparing you to their mother.
1: I mean, to Steve Harvey, that's a good thing.
0: So he's had four moms now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so so attractive. Yeah, um, he has a really weird stance on these things. Again, remember this is a dating advice book for women, and his advice is like, now, women, if you can't hold down a man, have you considered having sex with him when you're not interested in having sex with them?
0: Have you considered just being alone and not dealing with men in
1: general? Have you
0: considered becoming a lesbian?
1: Have you considered joining a convent? (laughs) You can do all of the chores you want there without having to worry about a man. And I think they have time for TV. Do you think they have HBO at convents? They have to. Okay. Um, The other thing that I wanted. They have to
0: get their euphoria. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about was um, these are basically the same thing. Women, he's like, you need your ugly man who does your chores. You need the old man who gives you money. You need the sex man who gives you sex. You need the gay men to gossip with. And then for men, he's like, men are much more simple. All they need is, Naomi, what are the three things men need?
0: Uh, Respect. No, crap. Support. Support,
1: loyalty, and the cookie. Yes. But, like, I would argue support, loyalty, and sex are the same things that women want, but, like, slightly differently worded, Right like a man he's not framing it as though men are ever at home but the same idea of like support like supporting your man as like the center of the household i'd argue would apply for like women who want to be supported in the household and want like a contributing member of the household to step up and do things for them right am i crazy like they're the same things You're he crazy. just added a fourth one and tried to break them up and make them seem unreasonable just like, they
0: are. Women suck.
1: He's yeah, I mean, I didn't want to say it Naomi. Thanks for stepping up for me. But yeah, like he's just again making women seem like they're unreasonable in like all of their basic standards. While meanwhile men get to do whatever they want, show up late and you know, tap their women on the shoulder for sex. Um I think it's important too to talk about this whole like men need to have sex at least once a month if not more because I think people's sex drives vary pretty considerably. This is also like dramatically underestimating how much women want to have sex, which is another way that like women's sexuality is used against them because it's presumed they never want to be promiscuous. And so their sexuality is like not treated as completely valid. Um, I also feel that like this could be a deal breaker in relationships. And if you don't want to have sex with someone consistently, maybe don't be in the relationship with them or think about the reasons you don't want to have sex with them whether that be their contributions to the household or like medication you're taking or whatever. Um, But then also like you can make accommodations in relationships if you're not having sex at the same frequency, right? Have a talk with your partners about porn or toy use, right? Don't impose things on your partner. have conversations and serious thoughts about why it is that things have changed. Has your like, partner not been as attractive recently because they're not helping out? Have they decreased their cleanliness or personal hygiene? Has there been a personality change? Are they more stressed at work? Like, these are things that can be resolved. The answer is not forcing your wife to have sex with you. And yes, I get that Steve Harvey is from an era where like, that was perfectly legal and spousal rape wasn't considered like a crime. But boy, this is 2009, Steve. Step up. Anything else, Naomi?
0: No, I think he's just condoning rape.
1: Okay, cool. Number four, we need to talk, Naomi, and other words that make men run for cover. For a man, a few words are as menacing as those four, especially when a woman is the one saying them and he's on the receiving end. Those four words can mean only two things to men. Either we did something wrong, or worse, you literally just want to (laughs) talk. Can you imagine talking to your partner? Can you imagine a woman saying things to their man? I could
0: imagine threatening somebody else and talking to them about respecting my partner, but I can't imagine actually talking to my partner.
1: Yeah. Now, you understand that we're not the essence of perfection. There are going to be times when you're mad at us and need to let us know it. We get that. Although we don't necessarily want to have to concentrate on an hour-long angry lecture about how we screwed up. But even more, no man wants to sit around gabbing with you like we're one of your girlfriends ever it's just not in our dna okay the number of times he said something is not in our dna makes me wonder what is in the dna i think he said what is in the dna is having sex like consistently and um uh from part one there was something else he said that was important but yeah men's dna is just like a little horny sperm going "Eh, eh, eh." yeah that's it yeah, it's not in our DNA to lounge around, sip coffee, and dab at our eyes with tissue if we're in an AA, as if we're in an AA meeting or on some psychologist's couch trying to get things off our chest.
0: A man would never go to therapy. A man
1: would never go to an AA meeting. It just never happens. Um, this, is, this feels like he wrote this book before The Sopranos came out. Right? I don't know if you know much about The Sopranos. One of the big plot points in The Sopranos is Tony Soprano is this big gangster man's man who also is going to therapy right and there are issues that he feels he has to get over i don't know how he ends up in therapy in the first point i don't recall that plot point probably but like, his
0: wife not wanting to have sex with him
1: that must have been <laughs> it yeah but no like he he spends a lot of time venting on the couch about like his emotional state and how he feels you know being forced into certain roles and that's really fascinating and remember the sopranos came out i want to say 1999 was the first season if um, not earlier I think it's- so, like, this has been around for a while, this cultural idea that men can go to therapy and have feelings and express feelings. And, again, it's not even that he's saying that men can't have feelings. It's like, oh, well, men were raised in a certain way to act as though they don't have feelings. And He's not questioning whether or not that's really toxic and damaging.
0: It is 1999.
1: Okay. So when men are talking, Naomi, and especially when they're listening, it's with purpose. We don't vent. We just want to fix whatever situation is upsetting the balance. We understand that this frustrates you time and time again because, you know, sometimes you want to talk to Cher and get someone else's take on a situation. But seriously, Naomi, that's what your fucking girlfriends are for. There I fucking said it. It's your fucking girlfriend's job. He doesn't use that word, but that's what he's saying. You, you, you need to lay out your problem and let her commiserate with you, give you all kinds of, yeah, girls, and I know that's right, and nod and agree and tell you stories about how the other thing happened to her. She'll even go on to give you concrete examples of every other time something like this has happened to other women throughout the history of the world. And hours later, you will all get up from the couch having solved nothing but feeling so much better. Do you want to do a little play, or should I, I do this myself?
0: I'll do it with you.
1: Okay, I'm going to be you. Consider Exhibit A. I walked into work today, and before I could get to my desk, I saw Tanya walking over the coffee machine. And wouldn't you know that Haifa had on the same shirt as me? What
0: the heck is a Haifa? Sorry, that isn't my I
1: think she's like Heifer or something. Heifer, yeah. Yeah.
0: You better stop it. Which one?
1: Nami's playing the girlfriend of me, the girl in this situation. The blue one, you know, the one with the orange flower print? I got it from that store across town on sale.
0: You mean the one you found on the $29.99 rack in the back? The same day I found those shoes at the store just down the street.
1: That's the one. I wore that shirt to work a few weeks ago, and she complimented me on it. And the next thing I know, she ran to the store and bought my shirt and is wearing it to work. Can you believe it? Do you know how that made me feel? Aw, hail to the
0: No. (laughs) Are you serious? That's horrible. She's got some nerve.
1: Uh, Steve Harvey understands women. I have no other comments. Ah,
0: hail to the no.
1: Now, for sure, this conversation could go on for hours, morphing into all kinds of side conversations and absolutely nothing to do with the issue at hand. That some woman was wearing the same blouse as you on the same day in the same outfit. With a man exactly 10 seconds in the conversation, he'd arrive at the fix. I present to you Exhibit B. Me... I walked into work today, and before I could get to my desk, I saw Tanya walking over the coffee machine. Wouldn't you know that Haifa had on the same shirt as me? What does my man say? I'm
0: really trying hard not to laugh. Really? Don't wear it anymore.
1: (sighs) You're so smart and brave, and I hate my girlfriends. They suck. (laughs) Women suck. That's me. I'm a girl. I definitely. Steve Harvey knows women.
0: Why can't two people wear the same shirt? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so he gives this example, and he's like, this is a common situation. Ladies, you know how you are, you emotionally stunted idiots. (laughs) Um, And he's like, men are so much more logical and rational. When, like, Naomi, have you seen men watch sports?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: I have. Um, Now, he suggests, and I think this is decent advice, um, it would go a long way if women stopped opening the conversations with we need to talk. The moment you say that, our defenses go up, the repair tools come out, the sweat starts rolling, we're sprinting through the events of the past week trying to figure out what we did wrong. In fact, I think it's a good idea that if you just want to vent, you start the conversation with something simple like, Honey, look, nothing is really wrong. I just want to tell somebody something. That's a great opening line. It allows us to relax, take our foot down from the witness stand, put away our fix-it tools, and actually sit and listen to what you have to say.
0: Well, I think that a lot of people take on, like when they start conversations with anybody they're and they come somebody else comes to you with an issue they're like they should always ask do you want me to listen or do you want me to help you come up with a solution yes because everybody kind of just jumps into action and they don't just like sit there and listen
1: i think it's kind of concerning if a man is constantly nervous when a woman says we need to talk now culturally i realize that has insinuations but like if you feel you've done wrong every single time we need to talk comes up Maybe that's a problem, Steve Harvey, who definitely hasn't cheated on his wife with multiple other women during no, his career. that
0: never happened.
1: Yeah, just throwing that out there. Um, I thought it was interesting, too, that he has some decent advice that he probably could have summarized in the space of, like, five sentences, but instead has to throw in this, like, very sexist version of events. Yeah. Like, it's interesting that clothing theft at work, or style theft, I guess, is the issue, not Mr. Jenkins giving his, like, girlfriend unreciprocated hugs or Miss Amy stealing her ideas in board meetings or Tom in accounting letting slip that the intern they just hired is getting paid more than her. Like, women's issues to him are reduced to meaninglessness. Women, in the best scenario he can come up with, women's issues mean nothing. And I think that's concerning, because he doesn't recognize sometimes women need to talk about serious problems while also venting. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Women don't
0: have issues. Women don't have substantial issues.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Naomi, I'm I'm skipping a couple of sections because I didn't feel these words like horrible and damning. Uh, I did want to talk about um, this section he gets to later in the book called First Things First, He Wants to Sleep With You. And this is advice for women who are trying to understand why men would approach them. Okay. Um, so he gives this example of he was filming a TV show and there was this like really attractive lady in the audience, like, like really attractive. It's unclear if he's married at the time, it's just like really attractive, like big bazoingas or, you know, whatever Steve Harvey He probably was married at the time. Yeah um l- let's just presume that <laughs> throughout his entire career um and this lady comes up and starts like flirting with him after the commercial break he's like you don't understand i'm a committed man she's like oh i'm so sorry and he's like hey you know what though there's that guy over there in the corner who's been making eyes at you and she's like what and there's a guy who's apparently kind of handsome well-dressed in the corner of the room who's also looking at this pretty lady and, and she's like, oh, he's been talking to me, but he doesn't mean nothing. And Steve Harvey's like, no, you don't understand. That man wants to have sex with you. And she's like, what? No, we're just chatting and having fun. He's like, tell that man how many children you have and see how he reacts. And she's like, ha ha ha, ha, ha. giggle, giggle. Um, <laughs> giggle, giggle. Yeah, that's, that's what ladies do. Yeah. She's like, okay. And the next commercial break, he's like watching from the corner of the room as the man approaches again. And she's like, I have five kids. And he's like, what? <laughs> And runs away. Did
0: you know that mothers can't have casual sex?
1: This is true. I I don't know if anyone knows this. There are no women on dating apps looking for casual sex. No
0: mothers on dating
1: apps. I'm just saying in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, no women ever. Women don't like having sex, Naomi. They consider it an obligation because their husband doesn't do the chores. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Naomi, please highlight this part right here. And I highlighted this in the document. Um, You can always remind yourself the next time a man steps to you, a man always wants something. Always. And when it comes to women, that plan is to always find out two things. One, if you're willing to sleep with him. And two, if you are, how much it'll cost to get you to sleep with him. That's his mission in the club. That's his charge in the lunchroom at the office. That's what he's up to when he skips past all the seats at the church and sits down in the pew right next to you. Oh, that guy's got some sins to confess this week. (laughs) If a man sees you and asks you how you're doing... What do you think he came over there for? He didn't come over to learn anything from you to find out about your interests and likes and wants. That's what women, I'm going to say like women, do when they're interested in getting to know someone. For a man it's less complicated. He liked what he saw from across the room and now he's going to go over there and get it. He doesn't care anything about your personality or what you do for a living. Your friends mean nothing to him and whether you know Jesus is irrelevant he just wants to know if he might be able to sleep with you. Um, so then he gives the suggestion that in order for women to get around this basic fact that all men constantly want to have sex with them, they need to set a price and they need to figure out like what's the bare minimum men need to pay in order to like get into their pants. And like, I'm not even saying like explicitly like a monetary transaction. It's just like you need to lay down your requirements from the get go. Like I have five kids because that's how all opening date conversations should go. Like just specifying exactly what the standards are
0: going on a date with before, like before you go on a date that they're like you have children. Is that crazy?
1: Um, his general point is you need to set up clear standards about what you're looking for in a relationship before you have sex with a man, and you always need to do that. I don't think that's bad advice. I just don't think to that extreme. Um, I also feel it's again, deeply sexist to say that all men constantly are approaching women for sex and men have no ulterior motives, but approaching women for sex. Cause I can think of a lot of women I'd like to have conversations with and not have sex with
0: name um, some.
1: Okay. Um, I really like cooking and there's two women cooks. I really appreciate like soya. El Walwali. I don't know how to pronounce her name. She used to work for Bon Appetit, and now I think does independent work. Okay. She's a really creative, smart chef and does a lot of like really impressive things with food and really interesting flavor combinations, and I find that really fascinating. Uh, Salman Nosrat, who did Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, I really love her work. Yeah. I've been watching a little bit of her Netflix series, and she seems like a really fun person. Also, she speaks a ridiculous number of languages, which I find infuriating. <laughs> um, uh alexander acacia cortez it'd be interesting chatting with her about politics same with nina turner uh, india walton who was running in buffalo new york for mayor uh naomi klein who i did meet actually in nevada in 2020 she's written a number of books about politics and i was like literally fangirling over her when we did talk uh margaret atwood who's done some like fiction zazie beats who i really love her work in atlanta taylor tomlinson who does like stand-up comedy lizzo uh, so c. Ronan, who does acting, right? There are lots of women who I'm like, oh, women are interesting and uh, know things and have like skills and I'd love to learn more and like know more about you. No,
0: you just want to have sex with all these women.
1: Yes, that that's also true. I'm sorry, I, sh- I buried the lead. Thank you. But again, like in a dating book, he's literally saying never trust men ever again, which I mean for a dating book maybe <laughs> isn't horrible advice, I don't know. But like, it feels very counterintuitive if his goal is to like, get women to meet people. I I don't know how to think of this. I just find it infuriating to like paint men as always having these like, it's sort of like cedars from Greek mythology, you know, Like, like goat men who walked around constantly looking to have sex with things. That's what he thinks men are. And women, meanwhile, are like nymphs, you know, floating gracefully in rivers and doing elaborate forest dances with their besties.
0: I heard something recent, like I think it was yesterday. And tell me if I'm wrong. So you're in a disagreement with your significant other and you decide that you're going to disrespect her in some form or some way. Let's just say you're talking about what you're going to cook for dinner and you guys, it gets into a heated argument because you guys are both hungry. And then you decide to disrespect her and you say something extremely disrespectful like, you're such a whore or you complain (coughs) so much or something like that. And you just disrespect her. And then you use the excuse of, oh, well, we were in a heated argument, I didn't actually mean it, and she forgives
1: you. I thought that was nagging.
0: Do you think that that person is a disrespectful person at their core, or that they are just disrespectful in
1: arguments? I don't have enough information to make a decision. I would say if you're willing to just casually throw out things like that, you're probably deeply manipulative. And disrespectful.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I don't have any deeper thoughts than that.
0: Okay, that's fine.
1: Okay, so I'm going to skip ahead a, a little bit. I'm skipping past a great section called Men Love Sports Fishing, So Are You a Keeper or a Throwback?
0: Which we will be talking in about in our Patreon-exclusive episode. So go, if you want to know more about this uh, great book and know our commentary on it, um, go subscribe to our Patreon. We at get ad copy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about the section Men Respect Standards. Get some. And I thought this was fascinating because of the story of how he met his current wife, Marjorie. So it started when he was doing a show in Memphis, Naomi. She walked in with another attractive woman. I couldn't help myself. I stopped mid-joke and said, Excuse me, I know you don't know me, but one of these days I'm going to marry you. She laughed and said, You don't know me. Ha, ha 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 ha. But I didn't care and I told her as much. I knew right then and there we were going to be married someday. Of course, this was really more of a hope than a certainty. Smile. I don't know. I don't like how he writes out smile. I don't like it's, it either. Does he know how? Does he know emoticons? Is he aware of? He doesn't know how to text. Maybe he doesn't know of emoticons. That makes sense.
0: He just emails.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying that if you walk into a club and like a comedian's doing a set and he's like, "I'm gonna bang children into you, bitch," I, I would probably talk to the owner. That seems like. I don't know. It's less romantic than he's making it out to be, certainly. Yep. Maybe she knew it, too, or at least liked what she saw, because even though she disappeared the night and informed her of the plan, okay, she ran off, she showed up two nights later at another show of mine, and this time I asked her to come backstage and talk for a while. She agreed, and we became fast friends and even dated for a spell. But eventually we both went our separate ways. Still, Marjorie and I always remember the friendship we had together and we reached out again to check out on, up on each other from time to time. Finally, she and I reconnected and started dating again. We got serious pretty quickly, both of us realizing we had missed out on a great relationship once and we didn't want to risk losing out on it again. But even though I knew I was in love with this woman that she loved me, I was still connected to some women friends I'd developed after my divorce when i had started dating again. Well, one particular night after Marjorie was visiting me at my home in New York on Valentine's Day weekend, one of those friends called my cell. I didn't talk much, said hi, told her we'd chat another time, that I'd stop and see her if and when I was back in town, and then hung up. I didn't even think Marjorie heard the conversation, at least she wasn't acting like she did. I should have known better, though. She's got that mother hearing, doesn't miss a thing. And sure enough, late that night when I got up to go to the bathroom, it was about 3 a.m., there was Marjorie in the hallway, staying there in her fur coat with her suitcase in her hand. She was going to leave me, leave us. Where are you going, I asked her. Her response made me realize right then and there, middle of that hall in the middle of the night, that she was the one. She said, I'm not trying to be anyone's plaything or anyone's woman on a string. She said, matter-of-factly, her suitcase still in her hand, I don't think you're ready for what I have to offer. I've got these kids, I have a good life, and I want a man who'll come in and complete my family. If this is what you want to, I'll be in Memphis. After I picked up my jaw, I asked her to give me one more chance, took her bags, and immediately found my phone, and snapped it in half. I'd lost her once, this beautiful, smart, sweet woman, and no other woman could be as loving and dedicated to me, to us, or to my children. I realized then and there in that hallway I wanted no other. In other words, I became the man she needed me to be because she had enough sense enough to have requirements, standards she needed in her relationship, in order to make a relationship work for her. Now she knew she wanted a monogamous relationship, Naomi, a partnership with a man who wanted to be a dedicated husband and father. Shelton knew this man had to be faithful, love God, be willing to do what it took to keep this family together. On a smaller scale, Shelton made clear she expects to be treated like a lady at every turn. I'm talking opening car doors, pulling out her seat when she's ready to sit at the table, coming correct on anniversary, Mother's Day and birthday gifts, keeping the foul talk to a minimum. The requirements are important to her because they govern how she will be treated. They're important to me too because they lay out a virtual map of all I need to do in order to make sure she gets what she needs and what she wants. After all, it's universal knowledge that when mama is happy, Everyone is happy. So remember in the first episode where I was like, we'll talk about Marjorie later. This is what I wanted to talk about because Steve Harvey was talking to a friend and I guess the insinuation is this was like a friend with benefits, but like, it's kind of weird that like he refers to friends with benefits as friends and makes me reconsider all of his relationships with women and whether he thinks you can be friends with women by not having sex with them. Um, But then all he says to this person on the phone is, hi, I'll talk to you later. And his wife is like, what the fuck? Was that a lady? Was that a woman talking to my man? And immediately packs up her entire life and is ready to leave. And he's like, oh, it's so hot. You're willing to throw away a relationship because I spoke to a woman on the phone. I'll snap my phone in half for you.
0: I understand. Like, what he's saying makes sense. Like, putting up standards beforehand, make sure the person you're communicating properly, the context in it, makes no fucking sense, though.
1: What are you talking about? She had standards. And those standards were, you can't ever be friends with women. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe he's not telling the full story. Remember
1: when we said that, like...
0: Maybe he took the phone into another room and he was like, "I'm gonna have sex with you later." Okay, I'll call you later. Bye. Well,
1: what What he said was, "Hey, I'll talk to you later," and then immediately like pulled his dick out and sent a dick pic.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. He mm-hmm. missed, he he completely forgot to add that into the story.
1: It adds a little bit of uh, nuance. I I certainly would would feel a lot more respect with Steve Harvey if you know he was willing to admit to his shortcomings. <laughs>
0: shortcomings. Thank you, Naomi. (laughs) So that's all
1: you need to know. Women have standards. Um, He gives some somewhat decent advice following this, is questions you should ask a person before you get too deep in the relationship. And I wanted to talk a little bit about these, because I don't think these are bad questions, not all of them at least. I just don't think they go far enough. And we've talked about this before, Naomi, in our Crucial Conversations episode, but people don't like having conversations with their significant other right? Like people find it really awkward and uncomfortable to be able to sit down and talk with their significant other about a wide variety of things. No,
0: it's just when you start the conversation with, we
1: need to talk. This is true. Start with, I just want to vent. What are your thoughts on relationships? Okay. So he has five questions asked before we get in too deep. What are your short-term girl? What are your short-term girls? Uh, What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? What are your views on relationships? What do you think about me and how do you feel about and he provides an explanation why these are all important, and I'd urge you to read the book. Well, pirate the book and read the book. Uh, don't give. Don't money. buy it. Um, the one I did feel raised eyebrows is you're. Uh, you're also going to have to ask him about his relationship with God, not just relationship with the other person. Let me be direct. If you meet a man who doesn't have a relationship with God, doesn't go to church, and has no intention of ever going. Um, then it's a problem. After all, what moral barometer does he answer to if not to God? What's going to make him even consider being loyal to you? What's going to make him do right by you and the kids? What's going to make him feel whole? Steve. You're deeply religious and cheated on your wife multiple times and got divorced twice. I don't know if you're the person to be the moral barometer.
0: That and also why do you need a moral barometer? Why can't you just like live your life and just try to be a good person?
1: I I think people need a moral barometer. The thing is you can have moral barometers from a variety of things. Whether it's a philosophical belief, whether it's, you know, from a spiritual tradition. But why does it
0: need to be to a higher power that if you do wrong you're obviously going to hell like oh, you're literally just yeah. doing you're, you're literally just believing in okay I'm not going to go into this religious yeah. talk but basically my belief is that if you are only loyal to your wife because you think that if you're if you're disloyal to your wife that you're going to go to hell you're not actually a good person
1: yeah if the threat of hell is the only thing that prevents you from doing evil that's a serious problem and we should actually be nice to Satan because he's the one who punishes evil doers like you that's why I'm a proud Satanist Yeehaw. I'm coming out on the podcast right now. <laughs> Speaking of coming out, um, I feel these questions don't go nearly deep enough. He's like, these are the end-all, be-all questions that will like answer whether or not someone's your partner. And I feel you need to ask a hell of a lot more before you establish that. And this doesn't need to be all at once. You don't need to have an awkward conversation. Just you know, sprinkle these in as these conversations come up to sort of weigh whether or not this person shares the same values. So speaking of coming out, how do you feel about kids? What would you do if our child was gay or trans or autistic? And I realize comparing gay and trans kids to autistic kids is not necessarily a fair comparison, but the whole idea is what would you do if you had this like picturesque view of this perfect family that met your like heterosexual views on like neurotypical kids. And all of a sudden something changed that made, you know, you reconsider whether or not you loved your kids, right? Can I get on your insurance plan? What's your idea of a good night out? What do you consider cheating? How much would you feel comfortable spending on a wedding? Is your current lifestyle one you're happy with? Think is excessive or want to improve? Do you feel we're having enough sex? When do you want to retire? If you could be doing something else for a living, what would it be and why? Do you want to stay in this city or maybe move? What places? What would you do if you found out a friend of yours committed sexual assault? If you witnessed it or were told secondhand, do you feel I have the right to choose when it comes to like my body? How much money do you put in your 401k? Is saving important to you? I'm not saying all those questions are going to be relevant all relationships but you can see why those would be important things to talk about right do
0: you remember that the show that we that you and i watched separately with our partners we were it was oh fuck it was like love it for love is blind Love's blind and in the second season the guy after they've like gotten spoiler alert love is blind spoiler alert coming in three two one um the guy's sitting down there already engaged. They're like 90 days from their wedding or something. And she's like, Oh, do you have a savings plan? And he's like, No, I take risks with my money. I don't have a savings plan. And she's like, What the fuck? Why didn't we talk about this before we got engaged?
1: Yeah. But like, uh, the unfortunate reality is money's probably going to be a stress factor in a lot of relationships. Figure is. out what your partner's beliefs are on money. And I think that's really where the lifestyle question comes in. And like some people live beneath their means and are perfectly happy with that. They plan to retire at age like 40, 45. And maybe you should figure out if that's something you want in a partner. Do you want someone who's going to be putting a lot of money in savings? Or do you want someone who like thinks the stock market is rigged and, you know, the economy is going to collapse and you want to enjoy your life right now? Right. Those are completely different lifestyle choices. And you should probably establish that right now. Um, you may know how much your partner makes, but you don't know, you know where that money goes. If it goes into savings or it goes into like gambling or drug habits or whatever, try to figure that stuff out too. The problem with Steve Harvey, is he thinks you can solve all these problems with five questions when you need dozens of questions to establish whether or not someone's compatible for you. And I think a lot of these things, you know, you can work out some kind of compromise. You don't need to be perfectly aligned with a, your significant other on these things, but like, yeah, you need to have these conversations. You're looking scared. Does Steve Harvey concern you? Yeah. Okay. Every day. That's fair. Uh, Naomi, I think we're getting close to wrapping it up. I think we can end on the last but not least section, the 90-day rule. Naomi, do you know what the 90-day rule is?
0: Um, I, I was telling
1: Naomi about this book as I was reading it and she like couldn't believe some of the things I was saying. I don't remember if I mentioned this though.
0: I have so many questions before we go get into this last part. I have no idea what the 90 day rule is to answer your question. But like, what does he think about premarital sex? Does he ever discuss that?
1: Yes, he's fine with it.
0: But he's a God fearing man.
1: I don't know what, what God, what religion. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he okay. seems fine okay, with okay, it. Okay,
0: okay. So like a woman can be promiscuous. That's fine.
1: I wouldn't go that far. Uh, there's a whole, when we talk about the whole keepers versus throwbacks that's so
0: a woman has to be a virgin but she also has to know exactly what to do in bed to satisfy you
1: yeah not necessarily because he's okay if you're like dating someone with kids but like yeah women shouldn't be having as much sex as men that's pretty clear
0: but women are needed in heterosexual relationships in order to have sex shh tell me the 90 day no rule no think
1: you know nothing <laughs> you woman who forgotten everything about Relationships. Any day roll, Naomi. Let's let's flash back to 1977. It was a good year for Steve Harvey. He was leaving, living in Cleveland, at a two-bedroom apartment, brand spanking new, hadn't gotten the car he wanted, but he was working on it. And he had a job at the Ford Motor Plant. They had a high hourly wage there and overtime, more money than a man of my stature could dream of making. But more importantly, Naomi, Ford had benefits thing is, you had to be on the job for a while to get them. Oh, you could get a paycheck. You could get the benefits. And as far as any of the full-time regulars in the line were concerned, you were not in until you had the benefits. Ford's policies had to work at least 90 days before they'd cover your health insurance. This was the plant management saying to me, we will provide you benefits after you've proven to me you are worthy. Show up, Work hard, follow your supervisor's orders, and get along with your coworkers for 90 days. Then you get dental and medical coverage. You can get your eyes checked. Your hernia could bust. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of your kid's teeth and eyes. You got a woman, she'll get glasses and crowns on her teeth if you need them. Any more babies. You have the lady after this. We're going to take care of them too. Your whole family will be covered. It was a really simple equation. Work hard, prove yourself, get the benefits. And guess what? In the same way, with jobs in the government, places like the post office, the DMV, and even in the same corporations, you've got to prove yourself to get the good stuff, the extras, the benefits. Uh, I think it's fucked up that health insurance is tied to your, you know, work, and I feel it's a way the company gets to save money by not giving you health coverage until you've been there 90 days. Joel,
0: this isn't a podcast about how much we hate capitalism. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, As much as the, the topics of the podcast revolve around that. Um... So the thing he says is you should follow the 90-day rule, which is to not give the benefits to a man until he's earned them. The cookie. And what he means by that is sex. Don't have sex with a man until you've waited at least 90 days. So you meet someone, Naomi. Don't have sex on the first date. Don't have sex on the second date. Don't have sex on the third date. Have sex on the 35th date or whatever.
0: You on a lot of dates every week. I, I do, when I'm casually dating someone, I usually go on like one date a week.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, interesting. So
0: that's night nine weeks. God, I can't do math.
1: <laughs> so a directive like that signals to a man, you're not a plaything, Something to be used and discarded. It tells him what you have. Your benefits are special and that you need time to get to know him in order to give them to him. Um, yeah, it's like you in the meantime, when the ultimate prize of maintaining your dignity and self-esteem, yeah, be chased and earn the respect of a man who recognized you were worth the wait. "'Women have crumbled empires with that power. "'Cleopatra helped destroy Rome. "'Read your Bible. "'We're still in a jam right now because of Eve. "'Women have always had that kind of power, "'and you do too, including making the man you're dating "'wait for the benefits.'" Oh, I'm not saying you can't pay the man. Payment comes along the way during the 90-day probationary period. You can hug, kiss, talk on the phone, go for a walk in the park, have an ice cream cone together. But go men to don't dinner.
0: like that. He made that very clear, and he also said that men always want relation uh, want sex in their relationships, and that's the only thing they want. So, is the man allowed to like go and like have sex with somebody else during this 90-day period?
1: Probably. I mean, he said 30 days was the max in that other section. Screw you, Steve Harvey. Oh, God, you're paying too close of attention. Remember everything you knew before. Remember everything. (laughs) Um... Yeah, when we're out dinner with you, you can't imagine how we feel when we're looking forward to meeting you and you show up with your lip gloss shining, your eyes seductively made up and your hair, whether it's blown out in a weave or natural, it's lovely and your body's gleaming. I can't tell you the fulfillment we have in knowing we've secured your time. To be seen in public with you is a bonus. It's all the affirmation we need. The payment is incredible. Hugging? Payment. Kissing? Payment. You getting dressed up? Payment. Going out with us? Payment. Exchanging explicit emails? Payment. But if he wants to sleep with you, make babies, and have a family, those are benefits. Um what do you think about that, Naomi? Don't have sex for 90 days after you meet someone. Oh, she looks so sad. I
0: have no words. <laughs>
1: Although, like, this again, is just
0: so incredibly misogynistic on so many fucking levels well it's like
1: again women you're not horny you're not really horny right you have no sexual desire whatsoever like you can go 90 days having sex and I'm sure women can it's just like men's sexual desire is the only thing that really matters in this equation um also like I, I, I feel it contradicts, as you're saying, the advice he gave earlier in the book where he's like, you need to have sex with your man on a consistent basis, otherwise he's going to go have sex. Yeah. Maybe that's okay in Steve Harvey's book where it's like, okay, he's going to go have sex with other people, but 90 days, he'll remain committed to you. Um, it's weird. I don't fully understand why he included it. It, it seems um, somewhat misogynistic. Somewhat? <laughs> yeah. All the way. Yeah, I, I like a, a mid-50s man at the time of writing telling women how they should react in relationships. Is he just saying that like the re- reason he discarded so many women before in his past is because they had sex with him before three months had elapsed? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's exactly what he's saying.
1: What he's saying is his wife Marjorie wouldn't get in bed with because,
0: him. Yeah, because Marjorie didn't go after him the first night and walked out, he was like, oh yeah, that's the woman for me.
1: Do you think she wrote most of this book and is like, I will use the guise of Steve Harvey in order to get my opinions on relationships across?
0: Yeah, Steve Harvey's actually illiterate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's not spread rumors about <laughs> Steve Harvey. Anyway, I feel this is a good place to stop. I think we've gotten through the meat. Again, I want to reiterate, the reason we're discussing this is because it's one of the most popular dating advice books of all time, which is deeply concerning. I and think- we're
0: going to write a book that that goes... Act like a man, think like a lady.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know where to begin on that one. But yeah, like, it, it's concerning that someone as influential as Steve Harvey who self-professes to knowing nothing about relationships has as much power over how people think about relationships. And I think we need to be constantly questioning the sources of information we get for exactly this reason, because so many unqualified people are talking about things in such damning ways. I feel he's telling on himself. Book
0: idea men suck dot 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 no really they really suck
1: how to be a lesbian (laughs) how to join a convent the modern girls guide to dating (laughs) yeah i I don't have much to say about that afterwards naomi did hint there's a lot more content we think we're going to throw together a patreon exclusive episode it may come out at some point on the the normal go check
0: that out
1: we are there to produce content that people want to see it's good stuff i'm not gonna lie Um, If you enjoy our our hoots and shenanigans and hijinks, if you enjoy the games and the plans and the schemes that we come up with on this podcast, you'll love our Patreon content as well.
0: I hope everyone listening to this has an amazing week. Uh, Joel, do you have anything to add?
1: I would endorse Jelly Belly Sparkling Water.
0: I would too, and I was surprised that you would ever say that, but I was all surprised that I said that. Jelly
1: Belly, Get behind Trader Joe's and make us a deal. We will plug your pluggables.
0: We will drink all of the Jelly Belly drinks.
1: Just, just send us a case and uh, we'll be happy. Also, Danny DeVito, um, we're still waiting to hear we're back still from waiting. you. Uh, I know you're probably having difficulty getting in touch. It's guys at gmail.com. If you're just going to crawl out of a couch and surprise us, though, that'd be fine. Y'all enjoy your weeks now. Thanks for the use of our theme music, which is the song Drop by Ketsa. You can find more of their music online at Ketsa.uk. You can also find Date These Guys online on Twitter and Instagram at Date These Guys, or visit our website at datetheseguys.org. If you have questions you'd like us to discuss in the podcast or marriage proposals for either of us, shoot us an email at datetheseguys at gmail.com.